I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right! All right! right. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Here's In the Bonus with Doug Gottlieb. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show? In the Bonus on Fox Sports Radio. I want to start with two things, okay? Um, I'm going to get a lot off my chest over these race baiters who are fucking annoying the hell out of me. It's a Friday. I'm unloading uh, a lot lot of things that uh, I, I... I feel like this podcast is the perfect place for it. But let me start with Mike Budenholzer getting fired yesterday. And um, there's there's a lot to it. Did Bud deserve to get fired? Yes. Yes. Um, But there's a lot. There's a lot to it. And you're like, well, why? Well, I mean, let's just be honest. Okay. Mike Budenholzer is a very good Regular season coach. Coaching in the NBA is, and baseball is like this. I think baseball and basketball are more like this than the NFL. Um, But coaching in the NBA is a lot like coaching in Major League Baseball in that the two seasons, regular and post, are very, very different in what they call for. Very different in what they call for. Bud's been the coach there for five years. They only lost in the first round once, but they lost in this conference semis twice. They lost in the conference finals his first year there. Of course, this is coming after Jason Kidd, who lost in the first round both his first two years there. They won the championship two years ago. Um, That, of course, was a year in which we were coming out of the bubble and you didn't have full attendance. You did have a kind of a weird season. It was also a year in which 
as has been pointed out by Kyrie Irving, they were going to lose to the Brooklyn Nets. Only Kyrie got hurt. James Harden was never right. Kevin Durant stepped stepped on the line even without uh, Kyrie Irving in Game 7. And they survived, and they make their way to the NBA Finals where they take down the, what, the Phoenix Suns. And there's a, a long lineage who would have lost to the L.A. Lakers had Anthony Davis not gotten hurt. Right. And, and I understand that, like, we can go through the Golden State Warriors championship runs with Steph Curry and how they've been they've been the beneficiary of injuries in the past. It's fair. Right. Everybody needs a little luck along the way. But when you've been there for five years and you reach the conference finals once, the NBA finals once, you lose in the second round twice in the first round once. And oh, yeah, by the way, your star player who's exceptionally coachable is screaming for adjustments that you just don't make. That's just not what he does. He's a he's a new school, old school guy. Okay, new school in that he uses analytics. Old school in that, and this is anybody who played growing up, especially playing tackle football. I played tackle football for eight years uh, as a kid. And I remember it clear as day how many coaches would stand in front of the team on a Friday when the game was on a Saturday and they would utter this phrase. We do, we do well, right? We'll win the game, right? It's, it's the classic old school thinking. And, and some people still agree like, hey, we, you do you, I'll do us, you do you. If we do what we do well, we'll be fine. And that is just not a realistic approach in my, I like the Bill Belichick approach, which is do whatever it takes to win each game. Um, what now it's not that game by game, there's not some adjustments made, but in game adjustments have, and, and basically it came to a head with Giannis wanted to guard Jimmy Butler. And they wanted drew holiday to guard Jimmy Butler. Additionally, they, the, the Milwaukee Bucks only play in the drop, uh, which is a, a technique in which you drive the offensive player and force him into mid-range jump shots. That, that's it. And you, the Milwaukee's defensive scheme, and Darvin Ham uses the same scheme, by the way, with the Lakers, is it doesn't matter what the on-ball defender does. The, 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 the man guarding the screener in the screen roll is always playing in different levels of the drop. You may move the drop up, but you're always playing in the drop. And because of the lack of variances, you 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 can in fact make changes knowing what's coming. But Giannis came out as critical towards the lack of adjustments in the games. Giannis is never doesn't feel like he's ever critical of his coach. And I've heard plenty of NBA players say like, why wouldn't Giannis just take it on his own? Because that's not who Giannis is. He does what his coach tells him to do. He's 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 completely a system programmed to be a team guy. With that, he's expecting his coach to make the call, and his coach never did. In addition to which, the Milwaukee Bucks have new owners. They didn't hire Mike Budenholzer. And they know that their their window is shrinking in terms of their ability to keep Giannis there. And yet, there are other mitigating factors that make it unfair. It's unfair. His brother died. That's terrible. Giannis missed two and a half games. Also awful. But the point I would get to is a point that it helps me make the point I've I've said about sports and I'm just I'm I'm to the point of being so furious and fed up over people who we allow to parachute into sports and believe, and and bring in their political uh 
idiocy. Okay, and there's there's two guys who I'll 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 put in this discussion. One is Eton Thomas. Now, Eton Thomas is a guy who I actually respect a great deal in terms of who he is as a man, as a father. Uh, he was always a respected guy in the NBA, but since finishing in the NBA, Eton, who he grew up in Tulsa, I have a lot of people who are like mutual friends. He's he's an everything is racist sort of guy. And then there's this guy, Dave Zirin, who I guess I only see him pop into discussions about sports when it has to, when he wants to make it about race. Okay, so let me just tell you why race has nothing to do with coaches and with players in sports. The perfect example is Mike Budenholzer. Okay. Remember, Frank Vogel lost his job last year. He had won a title two years before. Right. And, oh yeah, by the way, last year, if you remember, why'd their season fall apart? Anthony Davis got hurt. LeBron James got hurt. They had a bad roster and Russell Westbrook sucked and he was hard to coach and all, all those things. Okay, and he tried as hard as he could to make it work with Russell Westbrook. You know, so too did the new coaching staff. And when they parted ways with him, he made it. But the point is that if you don't want to take Vogel, if you you think it's fair to fire Vogel, I mean, like, look, Bud made the playoffs, great regular seasons, went won an NBA championship two years ago, and this year. Like, look, it took an incredible effort from Jimmy Butler, who had 58 points, and the fact that Giannis was hurt. He only played 11 minutes in one of the games, didn't play in two of the games. Like, it's completely unfair for a guy to deal. Last year, Chris Middleton didn't play. Of course they lost early. They didn't have their second-best player. On a team that has, like, three dudes, you know, clear pecking order, Giannis, Middleton, Drew Holiday, you didn't have either of your top two over the past two years, and factor in his brother died. And like, he got fired? It's not fair. Do you know why it's fair? Because it's fucking sports. That's it. That's it. I, I, I get tired of the, well, you know, you, you know, black coaches are treated unfairly. No, they're not. If they're treated unfairly, it's because the organization has unrealistic views of who should win and who should not win. It has nothing to do with the color of their skin. We're all past that, except these people who are race baiters. And it all comes back to earlier in the week, when Joel Embiid won the MVP. Okay, Joel Embiid won, won the MVP. Uh, I simply pointed out on Twitter, my only sentence was, you know, Jokic was going to win. He was the odds-on favorite. He was going to win the MVP until Kendrick Perkins made it about race. Now, are there other factors that changed? Of course. Didn't play as well for a small stretch. You had, I pointed out, Drew Hanlon, who's actually a trainer for Joel Embiid, posting videos of Jokic not playing good defense. Right? Um, but there's also, and this is this is what happens. It's like, if you look on social media, Jay Stu, I'm now a blatant racist because I simply put the the race, the, cha- the thing changed after Kendrick Perkins about race, made it about race. I, I didn't say it was about race. It wasn't about race. There are no claims of, like, nothing. Simply stated what is an absolute fact. Before, clear favorite. After, not the favorite, finishes in third. Okay. Do I think it's a push against him winning three in a row? Of course. Against the analytics committee? Sure. Uh, an- analytics uh, community? Of course. Like people, they, they don't like analytics when it doesn't work for their player. Period. 
That, that's how it is. Or they don't understand it. And so they claim like, oh, computer nerds around the world. Like, dude, analytics have been there for a long time. They have evolved. And some and, and part of them are really, really useful. And the analytics committee would say Jokic was the MVP. Right? And then my, my point, and, and like we, we have the tape was, like, boy, Embiid destroyed him the first time they matched up. And then the second time he didn't play, which I thought was weak sauce, right? Like, dude, if you want to win the MVP, go into the other guy's arena and take the MVP from him. If you're going to sit a game, sit the game for that, play in that game. But you didn't. Both, you know, didn't play 70 games. We can hold whatever against them. Some people believe Giannis was. I don't care enough to tell you who's the MVP. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't, has never been, about race. But the problem is, just like I can't simply, I can't even point out that the race for MVP changed when Kendrick Perkins made it about race. That makes me a racist. This only proves my point as to why, like, if you're a white person and you're voting and the votes do come out, if you vote for Jokic, then there's a portion of people like Eton Thomas, like Dave Zirin, that... Uh, that make you're like you, you get labeled a racist like what are you even talking about it has nothing oh he's got sound because he's got a podcast let's take a listen there are people in the media who have come to the conclusion with a lot of reasons to back them up that white grievance sells if you want listeners whine about the plight of white people if you want eyeballs Complain that white people are the real victims of racism and oppression in our society. And my very cynical read on this is that's what Doug Gottlieb's doing. All right, I, I know, can cut, we can cut right there because here's the thing. Th- this is the problem. This is the problem. It's the, you automatically label like white conservative. Hey, dipshit, I'm not a conservative. I've never been a conservative. And I understand that that Dave is talking in grandiose, you know, I'm trying to use words that make it sound like, no, it's not. It's not. A, basketball has never been a forum in which the white man has been somehow superior. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're talking about something you don't know anything about. Look, the guy doesn't cover sports. He just covers race and everything becomes about race. And, and that's what has it like. I don't even know what he's talking about. I'm not under 25. I don't feel like anybody's lost. I've just felt like Kendrick Perkins, basically, here's the deal. Kendrick Perkins, and I'm sure a portion of NBA players who were playing at the time, thought Steve Nash shouldn't have won a second MVP. Maybe shouldn't have won an MVP. His point was, man, he didn't, even, he didn't lead it in scoring. Which is, it's to me, it's comical because Kendrick Perkins couldn't score, right? And that's okay. I couldn't score either. And the idea is you can still help your team win without scoring. That's the magic of basketball, right? Is that you can do, there's all these other little things to do. It's uh, if, if you actually knew basketball and Dave doesn't know anything about basketball, it's okay. And, and many people do not, but Billy Donovan has the 95% rule, which is 95% of the time basketball, you don't have the ball in your hands. What can you do there? Or you're not shooting the basketball. What can you do to help your team win 95% of the time? Shots go in, shots don't go in. That's 5% of the game. The rest of the game is how you really, that you can control, right? And, and the fact that Kendrick Perkins, who the truth is, like he's a vital part of the Celtics and a vital part of other teams, even though he couldn't score, if you locked him in, if you locked him in the gym, he couldn't score 10 a game, right? Doesn't matter. He could still help you win because he'd set great screens, he'd get big rebounds, he presented himself as somebody who was, who was tough and people feed off of that, right? He was a good big brother for guys to lean on when they were in the locker room. Like all that shit actually matters. So if you go back to the, if you want to go back and relitigate the Nash versus Kobe, that's fine. 
right? Kobe scored out of necessity, but was very inefficient that year because, and maybe again, out of necessity. It's a different era of the NBA, and Nash was ushering in this new era where they were playing small ball. And every other guy on his team had a career year. And my point would be, that's because of Steve Nash. He has incredible value. I would stand by that. But that's also the fact that I'm a point guard. My dad was a coach. And that's how I believe the, the position should be played. And I know the position has evolved since. I get it. I do understand it. But this is a higher level of basketball conversation than Dave Zirin, frankly, Eton Thomas is capable of. Because they don't see the game at that level. And that's okay, especially Dave. He doesn't know shit about shit. But inferring that I'm somehow like defending the white race, like, no, I'm not. I'm saying that white people can actually vote for a guy with white skin because they actually think he's the most valuable player in the league. Right? And, oh, yeah, by the way, nobody said shit about Jokic's skin color the past two years. They didn't. I thought Embiid should have won it two year, last year, not this year. Okay? But people thought, well, he missed too much time. Uh, okay. This year he didn't miss as much time. There were times in which he was dominant. There were times in which he wasn't. You know, he didn't look great in game two, but he was coming off of an injury. Does he fall down and flop all the time? He does. He kind of sells it. But Jokic does his own thing. Like, we can pick apart things we like and we don't like. That's a real legitimate sports discussion. It's not a legitimate discussion to bring race into it. And I use Mike Budenholzer as the guy. And I've seen people on social media go like, well, uh, they parted ways with him. They didn't fight. Like, look, the NBA, it doesn't matter if you get fired or if your contract is not renewed or whatever. Like, you got fired. You got fired. Well, why is the language different? The language is different, usually, because of whatever's agreed to by your lawyer and by the team's lawyer. That's how it works. I, I get all kinds of people who are fucking idiots making comments that don't make any sense. Okay, so my, our radio show is on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, you work for Fox. Well, first of all, not everybody who works for Fox is a conservative and... I would say most people who work for Fox are definitely not racist. But, oh, yeah, by the way, I don't actually work for Fox. Right? Just so you know, again, this may be groundbreaking, earth-shattering. Fox Sports Radio is a partnership with iHeartRadio and the Premier Radio Network. That's who I work for. There has never, ever, ever been a meeting, a note, a text, an email, Anything saying, hey, we have to be politically aligned here. And oh, yeah, by the way, if you listen to our radio network, there's a diversity of thought. Right? Not just a diversity of skin tone and diversity of of uh, of of sexual orientation. I'm sure. I don't know. I don't, I don't follow people home at night, but a diversity of thought. We have some people who are super liberal. We have some people who are super conservative. We have some people who are in the middle. I am a GDI, a goddamn independent, and I am a, a, um, I am a radical centrist. And that's what I am. And if you label me a racist again, I'm just going to tell you very, very politely, fuck you. It really bothers me. It bothers me to the point where I just want to say that I, I like uh, you're a piece of shit if you say that because labeling somebody like that is so incredibly hurtful. Hurtful. And what it does is it does the opposite of what I believe you want to have happen. You, you, you want to have open, you say you want to have open discussions about race. Okay, we'll have it. Okay. Kendrick Perkins wants to have an open discussion about race. I'm not going to shout him down. I think what he said was fucking stupid. I do. 
And, and his response on Twitter, he ain't worth my time. Of course not, because Kendrick Perkins knows he actually has no argument. He got, he, got, he got shouted down by his own teammates at ESPN. But instead, they should have said, hey, Kendrick, like, mm, so are you calling Ryan Rosillo if he voted for Jokic, a racist? You vote Bill Simmons, Doris Burke. Mm, you know, it's like you, you make it so that e- even black voters, you know, Stephen A. has a vote. Kendrick Perkins has a vote. Do you have to vote for a black guy because you're black? Like, why have we lined up to where we can only support our own race? Like, that's the worst kind of racism. And the truth is that sports for my lifetime has been a meritocracy. Either you're good or you're not good. That's it. Period. Period. Either you're good or you're not good. Right? And, and we, we take little nuggets of things and go, oh, it's, we had this discussion earlier this week where the assumption that the HBCUs are somehow being overlooked. Well, they're, they're, then you'll have, again, these race baiters. Well, it's about, no, it's not. No, it's not. The top 10 draft picks in the NFL were all black. They weren't drafted because they're black. They're drafted because they're good at football. And they have great upside and, you know, they have a clean enough background that a team wants to invest millions and at some point hundreds of millions of dollars in their future. Not because of any other reason than they think they'll help them win football games. Mike Budenholzer was fired. Not because he's white. Not because he's black. Because he didn't make adjustments. And his star player, who's, a, who's an incredibly coachable guy, depended upon his coach to make the adjustments, and he did not. And owners who did not hire him decided to fire him, despite the fact that his star player didn't play two and a half games of the five-game playoff series, and despite the fact that his brother, he just buried his brother. It's cruel shit. That's fucking sports. Professional sports doesn't give a fuck. They just don't. And again, this is not for everybody. I tell this to kids all the time. Like, hey man, workouts aren't for everybody. Extra shit. But it's especially not for people who want to make everything about race. And if you if you want the truth, I'm exceptionally bothered by it. Because every human being who's ever come into contact with me, every human being that I've ever, I've if I treat people well, it's because they earned it. If I treat people poorly, it's because they've earned it. Everything I do in coaching youth basketball, coaching high school kids, college kids, helping people find scholarships and opportunities is based upon one merit and trying to help people get opportunities regardless of race. And I'm fucking pissed off at assholes that don't know shit about me and people who just want to make assumptions calling me something which is an incredibly difficult, divisive scarlet letter you wear for no fucking apparent reason. I shouldn't give this guy the time of day, but he has a small portion of followers and the way social media works, he says something, one person picks it up, people call you a racist. And what's the defense for it? What's the defense? My best friend since I was in fourth grade is black. Oh, you're doing a black friend? Like, no, he's really my best friend. I seem to operate pretty well in a world of basketball, which is predominantly black people and never had an issue with it. So 
The issue when you bring it up and make everything about it is probably an internal issue that you're projecting onto people like myself. In the meantime, you ruin any chance of having a legitimate discussion. So, so Jay Stu, give me, give me your thoughts. I, I kind of just ran it for, I don't know, 20 minutes. I just want to, I want to focus on the Dave Zirin um, comments. Okay. Uh, he's Jewish and you're Jewish. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that, I don't know if he's done the homework to know that because playing to the, the um, card that you are trying to drum up racism. So him trying to, to put you in a box of, of race baiters that's trying to play to the other side. I just think that's that's just short-sighted and it's ignorant. Um, the whole thing is ignorant. The whole thing is ignorant, but, is but ignorant. I really do and, think and, that... And the, 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 deal is, the deal is this. It's like if you don't agree with everything I say, okay, then you're racist. Like, that's not how the, it works. What is a racist? Like, let's 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 kind of like break it down here. OK, what is a what is a racist? What is the actual definition of a racist? Do we do we know? I mean, because I looked it up and I want to make sure um, it's a person who is prejudiced against or antagonistic towards people on the basis of their membership in a person uh, of a particular racial and ethnic group, typically one that is a minority or marginalized. Just so we're aware, like in basketball, black people are not a minority and they're not marginalized. They're, they're just not. You're just making it up. Second of all, what am I prejudiced against? Right? There's, there's the, the my, I have a great friend. His name is Andy. I won't share his last name because I know I'll listen to this pod if I share his name. Again, it's like the same thing. And, and he is, I would say, very liberal in thought. Ivy League educator who's an athlete in Ivy League. And he texted me today like, I'll just read the text, it's great. And his text is, uh, where is it? The internet is amazing. You literally said what happened and people are freaking the fuck out. I know. I don't, I don't even understand. It's, we, we, we have a complete inability to have a conversation. And we have a complete, and, and like, look, there's this, this is, this actually goes in line with the, um, I, I know I shouldn't call it a sex change, but that's what it is, right? The, the sex change discussion, right? It's the same thing. It's like, well, if you don't believe, if you don't think that trans women should compete in sports, you're anti-trans. Like, well, that's not what it is. If you don't think that people should be able to change sex, it's like, I, I listen, once you're an adult, I don't, I, it, it doesn't. I don't care. I don't care. You're if, if if it's allowed, like go for it. Um, but like, what are we doing here? And you can't have any sort of counter thought, which is crazy because the idea of being progressive or liberal or whatever is you're supposed to be open to all thoughts. I, I don't even I don't even understand. Like I don't understand any of it. But yes, Dave Zirin calling me, you know, basically saying, what, what does he say? That uh, uh, like the whole statement is just so fucking bizarre. He says, if you want listeners, whine about the plight of white people and complain that white people are the real victims of oppression and racism in society, that's the exact audience that Gottlieb is playing to. But I think if he no. does, if he does his homework, I think that that you're not that. By the way, there is no homework done because he doesn't actually doesn't actually listen. 
right? and this happens on both sides of the aisle. Right. People inflame racism to to get their listeners riled up. Right. People on the other side deflate or try to say that there isn't racism to get their side worked up. But you're in the middle. As you said, you're you're what what do you call extreme um, radical centrist? Radical centrist, and yes. and I, I I put myself in that category too, um, but the problem is that that that's a very unpopular place to be nowadays because you have to choose. I, I a don't. Side. I actually don't think it is. I think it's where most of us operate. Okay, and what happens is people like Dave Zirin or people like um, who are some of the guys in the super far right side? Um, Clay uh, Travis. Yeah, sure. People like Clay Travis make it so that you feel like, like, like it's like Ryan Music, who's our old produ- my old producer, and he's now with the herd, right? Ryan had a great way of saying this. He's like, you know, I grew up, you know, pretty liberal, left leaning. He's like, but the extreme views, it makes me feel like I'm super conservative. And then I listen to the super conservative views, and I feel normal again, right? So uh, it, it's it's by design, I guess. It's awful. It's just awful. So, yeah, I, I'm just I'm I'm blown away by it. I to to just to completely button this up. Yep. What you had done was you saw a statistic about the voting trending prior to the Kendrick Perkins thing, and then you made a comment on Twitter this week about that, and yes, and that became you uh, denigrating Embiid because of his skin color. Or saying that the the voters are all racist or right, reverse right. racist, and right. that's so wrong. We, the whole thing is just wrong. Oh, Chris, because again, it takes very little research, very little research. Like in Twitter search, um, three years ago, I told Colin Cowherd. Cowherd was talking about, do you part ways with Simmons or part ways with Embiid? And I said on his show, well, Joel Embiid's the most talented player in the NBA, and. Again, then people lost their mind. Like, what are you talking about this? I'm like, okay. I've never seen a guy that big, that strong, that agile, and that skilled. Ever. Right? So it's not anti-Joel Embiid. It's, again, my... And the reason that I would have voted for Jokic this year was analytics, his team's success, and the fact that, yes, Jokic got destroyed by Embiid the first time around, but they didn't play the second time around. And I was like, that just eliminates him. I probably would have voted for Giannis. You know, and, or Jalen Brunson. Oh, wait, Jalen Brunson's black. So why would I have voted for Jalen Brunson? And my ro- my logic was, again, this is my logic. As a point guard, Jalen Brunson took over a sinking ship in New York. It was an abject disaster last year. And it's not only stable, but it's a fun place to, to go, to watch. I mean, look at what he's not. What, here, here's the power of what Jalen Brunson in, individually has done. Okay. They have the same owner who everybody wanted to help sell the Knicks. Nobody says shit about it now, right? That's what Jalen Brunson has done. But again, that's my own view. That's my basketball view. That's how I view things. And I'm I'm the very, very strict anti-racist because I, I, maybe it's a blind spot, but I feel like the people that are racially triggered want everybody to somehow align with the side. And that's just not how it works. Like, we, nobody wants racism, but we also don't want to be called racists because we want to be able to speak and vote freely without the pressure of 
well, you have to do this because of the color of your skin. And if you vote for somebody else, well, then you're like, no, you're not. You're allowed to vote for who you want to vote for and and present whatever data you want. Jalen Brunson would be my MVP. The other guys didn't play enough. Um, I think Giannis is great, but I don't think he shoots it well enough. And they've been good. They are good. I like the Jalen Brunson idea. I think he's had a Steve Nash type of effect on the New York Knicks. I think he saved Tom Thibodeau's job. I think he saved the New York Knicks. I think he's energized it. And, oh, yeah, by the way, everybody hated Jim Dolan, their owner. People still hate him. Nobody talks about him. You know why? Because they love the Knicks. And they love the Knicks because of Jalen Brunson. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans. The chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get to what the Fox said. And now. This is uh, Shannon Sharp talking about Anthony Davis and LeBron James. I'm going to take the Lakers because I'm going to take Anthony Davis to be better than he was in game two. I'm going to expect him to have a game closer to game one, although it might not be similar. 30 points, 23 rebounds, five blocks. I'm expecting it to be similar um, because they can't win this series without him being dominant. He can't be average, Skip. He can't give you 18 and 12. That's not good enough. His thumbprint, his imprint, must be indelibly grain in this victory. And it must. LeBron's going LeBron's to have to have one of those performances also, Skip. It's time. I mean, he's had enough of these 22-point games and five or six rebounds. It's time to get to 30. It's time to, to be very, very efficient in a 30-point outing. Something like 12 of 20 in a ball game like that. Uh, let's just say he goes four of nine from the three-point line, six of six from the free-throw line, and then Reeves and D'Lo, uh, Rui, and, and Schroeder needs to come along. But they're going to have to do a better job of defending also. You know they're coming with the pick and roll. AD, you can't drop. You, uh, now, I told you, uh, we, we, get them we, in trouble we, 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 we can stop right there, okay? Again, I, I love Shannon Sharp and his passion for the Lakers, and he clearly watches and knows the team. But doesn't actually know basketball, okay? And again, this comes from, Darvin Ham comes from Mike Budenholzer's scheme. They're in the drop all the time. They ran a triangle and two yesterday. It got destroyed. Triangle and two is exactly what you thought of in high school. You play man-to-man defense and the two best players, then you match up in a triangle formation with the others. It didn't work, okay? And picking out that LeBron has to have certain stats in order for them to win, like, I don't know. Like LeBron statistically last night couldn't have shot the ball actually better. Now he didn't get to the free throw line, but part of that was he was shooting the ball so well. Right. And uh, I think a little bit of that, that's by design. I, in, does Anthony Davis have to play better? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but they got a lot of shit to figure out. And my fear is that the minutes that Anthony Davis played and LeBron James played in the first game, it creates. It, the older you get, the harder it is to recover. You can give that one great effort. Like game three to me is where game three and game four, right? That's where the Golden State Warriors, you feel like this is how they play every game. You know, they're used to playing at this tempo. They're used to moving the basketball. They're used to playing wild and free. Steph Curry adjusted to the coverage. He had 12 assists to go along with 20 points. He didn't score until the second half and things loosened up. Clay Thompson got it going. Right, they they used they they used um, Jamichael Green, right, who hit three gigantic threes in the second half. Draymond Green did a great job defensively, but the idea of well, he has to provide this number of stats, like no, that's not really how it works. Right, like LeBron has to be has to be good, has to be efficient, but you, you can't ask him to take over games anymore. He's just not that guy. He's 38 years old. Anthony Davis has to. And he looked exhausted. He looked frustrated. And I do think, and this happens in basketball all the time, where 
the smaller guy can get the benefit of the doubt, and Draymond does a great job of playing with his body, not in his hands, and he forced him off his spot several times over, and they helped off Jared Vanderbilt, and, you know, Dennis Schroeder was awful last night as well, and the Lakers had a bad night. But we the overreaction to one game, and oh yeah, by the way, they're not coming out of the drop. Not coming out of the drop. Like, what do you want them to do? You want them to trap the ball screen? That doesn't work either. They still hit the roller. When they trap, they hit the roller. When they drop, he attacks, and then as soon as he, he picks up the ball, he gets the roller. They're not actually playing in the traditional drop because they were playing in triangle and two. But when they play true man-to-man, he's going to play in the drop. Do you know why? That's how the Lakers play defense. If you don't like that, that's okay. Take it up with Darvin Ham. Uh, this is Colin Cowherd talking about Laura Jackson's contract. They cannot franchise tag him. Now, why would Baltimore do that? That's giving up a lot, right? Because what Baltimore's betting on is that they love Lamar now, but they don't see him as a 15-year player. And the next five years are the best five years. With Lamar's style and his history of injuries, the Ravens are going to be all in and pay every penny for five years. But I've said this repeatedly. Tua is not built to play 15 years. Kyler Murray's not. Bryce Young isn't. Doesn't mean they can't be a great quarterback. Justin Herbert's style and body size, that's a 15-year player or longer. Brady's big, 6'4 and a half, 230. He sat in the pocket. That's built to play 15 years. Tom Brady got a no-franchise tag. Do you remember that? It was at the very end of his deal with New England. And they came to terms with, we've gotten about all we think we can get out of Tom. Let's not fight at the end of this deal to hold him. I I don't know how you... Do I think that there's a chance Lamar Jackson's career is shorter than Tom Brady's because of the way he plays? Of course. Of course. Running quarterbacks, you know, by and large, don't last that long. But I don't know how you could take from a contract which mirrors many of the top contracts, basically all of the top contracts in the NFL for the top quarterbacks in terms of years and year, it's the most in terms of yearly average and in guaranteed money and go, yeah, but this contract, they're going to want to get out of after five years. I don't, I love you, Colin, but I think that's making, I read the contract and I think Lamar wants to be a free agent in five years. He wants to be on the market in five years that he did very well in negotiation I think this deal could have been come to not just this offseason, but the previous offseason and then had all this money in the bank. But everything is a negotiation. But this contract is right in line with all of the other top deals. So if you make that assumption about this one, you'd have to make it about other contracts as well. Obviously not Josh Allen's, but Josh Allen's has those additional years that agents will tell you you don't want because the club controls you and they can rework your deal. Pat Mahomes' deal is gigantic. It is a team-friendly deal. The shorter the deal, the more Lamar-friendly it is. I actually agree with Colin in terms of his career is likely to be shorter than others, but disagree that this contract says that the Ravens aren't into Lamar after the five-year contract is done. Nobody knows what anything's going to look like in five years. What does the fuck say? Okay, sir, the bet is to you. All in, baby! It's time for the pick of the day. All right, pick of the day. Let's get uh, to the NBA. Um, Actually, you know what? I'm going to give you a couple picks of the day. We gave you the gambler. 
on on the radio show. We'll give you some NBA. I got, I got a couple NBA picks of the day, and I have a Major League Baseball pick of the day as well. Uh, Celtics take on the 76ers. Boston's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. This one seems easy. The Sixers coming back home. Joel Embiid got a game under his belt. JoJo dominates tonight. I got the Sixers in the money line. That's the pick of it. That's the one that you can lock into. Otherwise, uh, I also like the Nuggets to to cover. They're four-and-a-half-point favorites. And I like the Angels. Red-hot team of the Halos in Anaheim to win tonight. So you can put all three of those in a box. But the pick of the day is 76ers getting two-and-a-half. Take them on the money line. You're welcome. All right, that's it for the In the Bonus podcast. I'm Doug Gottlieb. We'll talk to you next week on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.